Welcome to another Infographic Instant with Brian Michael. In this episode, we'll be answering the question, how successful have development banks been? There have been many recent calls for multilateral development banks in recent years. Uh, the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank and the BRICS Development Bank represent just two examples of multilateral development banks which different countries have pinned their hopes on promoting economic growth and social development. Uh, the IGAD region, or the Intergovernmental Authority on Development, covers roughly Eastern and Central Africa. These are some of the poorest countries in the world, many of which have been socially unstable for many years, in some cases many decades. So before they decide to organize this kind of development bank, we have to turn to the data and look at whether these development banks really are good, namely whether they do actually promote economic and social development. Now most economists would approach this question by looking at the twin constraints of any development bank. Specifically there's a social constraint such that the development bank has to promote economic growth or, and or tax revenue in addition to this social constraint, there has to be a profit constraint such that the development bank has to eventually produce more resources, pull in and increase resources more than have been invested into the bank. It's an iron law of economics that any enterprise that takes more resources than it pays back will eventually go bankrupt. And therefore, we have to look at this track record of development banking, keeping in mind these twin constraints. Turning our attention to the, the first three figures from our paper, figure one looks at the rates of return of development banks around the world, uh, both in terms of return on assets and return on equity. And at the outset, I should note that these are not our own findings, but we simply report findings from Luna Martinez and Vicente. Now we see clearly that there has been a trend for positive return on assets for the numerous development banks that these authors looked at. Return on assets among the most profitable of these banks has approached roughly 10% with the vast majority of these banks producing some positive if very slight return on assets during a time, 2005 to 2009, when most banks had enormous problems. Banking during this period was significantly hindered by the global financial crisis. We see along the tail here only several development banks which had negative return on assets over this period. However, return on equity looks very different than return on assets. Among these development banks, we see significant variation in uh, returns on equity achieved by these banks over the period, such that even for banks that had relatively high return on assets, their return on equity was low and vice versa, naturally showing the importance of investing correctly in these development banks, and particularly ensuring that they do not have too much 
or too little equity. Figure 2 looks at the question of development bank size and we see for that same group of banks over the same time period that uh, banks with more equity tended to have a bigger return on that equity. Of course it might not be the size of equity itself which determines the rate of return as there are certainly many other factors that contribute to this relationship. Uh, namely this slight positive correlation between the amount of equity deployed by these investment banks and the return on that equity. Uh, figure 4 looks at development banks, their return on assets for several regions and compares development bank returns with private banking returns in general in the jurisdictions that you see in front of you. And again, the picture looks relatively positive in that banks from example jurisdictions like El Salvador, Bolivia, Brazil, they tended to have development banks which returned more than their private banks. However, we see in a couple of cases, Chile and Guatemala, that the opposite trend held sway such that uh, development banks really wiped out. In other words, compared to private banks, their return on assets was negative and significantly lower than returns from these private banks. Therefore, stepping back and looking at the main points of these three figures, we see that if these data represent development banking in general, and if uh, data from national development banks extends in some way to possible trends for multilateral or international development banking, then it would seem it's better to have a development bank than not to have one. This has been another Infographic Instant with Brian Michael.